0: Hey, seasoned athletes, I'm Robin Leggett, and this is episode 23 of the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. This is your home for inspiring stories and motivational advice from competitive athletes from a wide variety of sports who all share one common bond. They are all over 40 years old. We're here to prove one story at a time that age does not have to prevent you from achieving your bold athletic and fitness goals. To learn more about this podcast and see show notes from this or any episode, visit seasonedathlete.me. And if you like what you hear, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Audible where you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash seasonedathlete. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, including some authored by previous seasoned athlete guests like Catherine Switzer and Lita Petro. To get your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial, go to audibletrial.com slash seasonedathlete or visit seasonedathlete.me and click on Audible Trial on the top menu. Today's main interview is with veteran fitness professional, author, mother of five, and figure competitor, Darla Andrews. If you're a busy mom who is struggling to find time for your own fitness, you're going to want to listen to this interview. But first, let's meet this week's Everyday Seasoned Athlete. The Everyday Seasoned Athlete segment is where we share firsthand stories from athletes who are over age 40 and represent a wide variety of backgrounds and athletic experience. My goal through the stories these athletes share in their own words is to inspire you to get out and try something new. The more time I spend in the Spartan race community, the more amazing seasoned Spartan racers I get to know. And that includes this week's Everyday Seasoned Athlete. Let's meet Vivian Scholler.
1: Hi, I'm Vivian Scholler. I just turned 66, and I'm a Spartan racer. I like doing Spartan races because I found out the people are really awesome. And it's a lot of fun. I guess I'm just a big tomboy at heart. <laughs> so it, it, it's just a lot of fun, and Meeting all these great people just makes it more fun, and uh, I I can do it, and uh, why not? I'll do it. I met a friend, and he says, um, I do Spartan races, and I said, well, is that something like another friend had done? He goes, oh, that's similar, and he says, well, volunteer and find out. So I said, I was really mad when I went to volunteer. It was in Vernon, New Jersey. I said, I could have done that. Why am I volunteering? I could have done that. You could have done that. Yeah, I could have done that. So then I did that. People think I'm so inspirational. I mean, I'm just doing my own laundry right now at home. (laughs) I'm really inspirational. But um, people say, oh, it's so tough, and, and, um, you know, i got to train and everything. But if you can do it, then, hey, I can do it. So uh, a friend of mine was just doing Killington, and I said, listen, if I did it, you can do it, guys. So um, it's nice when, you know. People look at you and you're, you're out training and say, oh, I've seen you running around here and there and it, it's it's amazing. I never thought it was going to be inspirational ever, but um, it, that, that's really cool to get other people worrying, you know, about their health and getting more exercise. Everybody needs more exercise. The advice I would give to somebody that would like to do Spartan races would be to, you um, Learn as much as you can. Go on the home page, like the Spartan home page. There are groups on Facebook, and you always run into people somewhere wearing a Spartan shirt. That happens even way up here in the woods. <laughs> and train. You really got to train, um, and it's, it's worth every minute of it when you're at the finish line and you get your medal. I'm Vivian Scholler, and yep, I'm a seasoned athlete.
0: If you'd like to tell your everyday seasoned athlete story in a future episode, visit seasonedathlete.me slash everyday and tell us a little bit about yourself. And now it's time to meet this week's featured seasoned athlete, a mom, fitness pro, figure competitor, and author who is helping people transform their bodies and lives regardless of age. This is Darla Andrews. Hi, Darla. Hi there. Are you ready to drop some seasoned athlete knowledge on our listeners today? Yes, I sure am. Fantastic. You are Darla Andrews, a veteran fitness professional, successful entrepreneur, and mother of five daughters. By the time your youngest daughter was three years old, you found yourself out of shape and struggling with self-esteem and low energy. In your early 40s you made health and fitness a priority once again. And since then you have completed several marathons, mud runs, and triathlons at the age of 49. You completed and won your first figure competition. And two years later, you earned your pro card. You recently released your first book, build your best body, build your best life, where you share your story and give tips, tools, and solutions on how to transform both body and mind, regardless of age or circumstances. Is there anything vital uh, personally, professionally or from your athletic life that you'd like to take a quick moment to fill in?
2: Uh, I'm just super excited to share just, you know, with whoever's listening, how my journey just uh, has helped me develop not just into a stronger physically, but just overall in general just change. It's just life transformation when we're talking about that. Yeah. Yes. Well, let's get
0: into it. From here, I'm going to ask the big question that I ask all my guests, and that is, what is your age at this
2: moment in time? At this moment in time, I am 53 years young. Yes. <laughs> and how, how old do you feel? Oh, my gosh. Um. Well, seriously, I feel better than I have in probably than, than I felt in my early 40s. So I'm gonna have to just say I feel like I could be in my 30s. I love it. Yep. So let's go back to the beginning. When did you
0: start playing sports? And what did your early athletic life look like?
2: Oh, gosh, um, I never played sports. I did gymnastics when I was younger, just uh, at a rec center, you know, did not do competitive gymnastics, I would have loved to because that really was uh, like my favorite sport to watch my favorite thing to do. But I was not like uh, an athletic kid. So it's kind of interesting where I, where I ended up today.
0: Yeah. And, and I have a very similar story. I was an athletic growing up. I, I was the the clumsy, awkward kid. So it sounds like you and I both became later in life athletes. Yes. But I think that's a very relatable story. I think a lot of people listening might, Not necessarily have an athletic background, and a lot of times when you don't have an athletic background, you don't think you can when you're older. Uh And I think you and I can both say, no, that is not necessarily the case. All contrary, correct? Yes. So, how did you find your way? What was the first athletic thing
2: that you found yourself doing, and when did it happen, and how did it come about? When I was around 1920 years old, even though I was not as a kid athletic, when I was around 19 or or maybe yeah, 1920, I started going to a small gym in San Diego. And way back then I ended up getting a job there, just like in the sales and the like sales, the front desk. I didn't really like that too much. And I ended up getting a job teaching group exercise. So even though like athletic wise, it wasn't a sport, it was my start into fitness. And I really loved it. And I was just doing it for fun. Um, and then, you know, I, then I had my first baby at 22. So off and on, I continued to teach group exercise when I could. But it wasn't until, you know, my early 40s when my youngest daughter was about uh, three years old that I, that's when I really started to physically get more active, which then led me to, you know, running which was something that I never liked to do. I thought people who ran for fun, there must've been something wrong with them.
0: <laughs> it's so funny how many people say that who become runners, because I was the same deal. I was like, I will never run. And now I'm actually currently injured and cannot run. And I'm like, I miss running. What? What is, am I sick in the head? Why do I miss running? But I do.
2: I can relate. I, can, I remember when my daughter, when my youngest was two, getting her in the jogging stroller and just barely, I couldn't even, go around the block hardly like I and I just was dying and so for me to then have done two full marathons is mind-boggling so (laughs) what would younger you say to you now oh my gosh never say never right that's what well that's what older you would
0: say to younger you
2: oh younger me just to say to me now oh my gosh Uh, yeah if you went back in time and met younger you and
0: said I have run two marathons what would younger you say uh you're crazy (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you mentioned that you started running when your youngest daughter was three. And in your intro, I said that you are a mother of five. So that's a long time and a yes. lot of kids before yes. you found your way into activity. So how did the earlier years of motherhood affect your ability to live an athletic life or an active life?
2: It, it did. Like Like I said, so when I had my first baby at 22, I did not continue to work out. And then finally, when I had baby number three, at that point, I was like, oh gosh, I got to get back in shape. So I started for fun. I, I went back into working out and then I got um, certified at the time at one of the gyms here to teach just group exercise. So that was my kind of my entry back in. I would teach group exercise a couple mornings a week before my day got going. And I ran a, a daycare out of my home and I would get up and go teach a couple days a week, but it made it really challenging um, over time to, you know, to be able to stay active. I was running around by then with, uh, by the time I was pregnant with my fourth daughter, I had to actually stop working out. Cause there were some things that were going on with my pregnancy that they said, okay, you're going to have to kind of be on light bed rest. And then by the time number five was born, everything had gone by the wayside. I was busy running around taking care, care of everyone else, but me. So it made it really, really challenging to be able to keep up. And, um, you know, not that I didn't like to, I, I, like I said, I liked getting up early in the morning, but it just, it kind of just fell by the wayside. I hope that answered your question. Did I answer?
0: Yeah. And that actually leads me to my next question because I imagine there are a number of moms who listen to this podcast who can relate to not being able to prioritize your own personal fitness because of family obligations, work obligations. And with you, with five kids, it's a massive responsibility. So with that in mind, Can you tell me how and when you were able to make that recommitment to your own health and fitness?
2: When my youngest daughter was three, that's when I took a look at myself. I didn't like how I looked, how I felt. And I thought if I don't do something by the time she's in high school, which now she is, I thought back then I'm going to be 53, out of shape, not being able to keep up with her. I better get doing something. So basically, uh, for me, early mornings was it. I found a boot camp in my area and I joined this boot camp, and we met at five in the morning. It was dark outside, but I really fell in love with it. The camaraderie, it became like something I looked forward to. And so I uh, made it a point to get up before every, like before my family. And I think if I'm speaking to moms, you have to do that. Like I tell people, you have to put on your own oxygen mask before you go take care of everybody. It's like in a plane. You know, they say, put your mask on first, then you'll be able to help your your neighbor. Well, it's the same. So I decided that I had to make time. And for me, that was first thing in the morning. And it was just getting up and doing it every day, no matter what. So if somebody, you know, I think that's the key is just finding the time that's going to work and making sure you make that time and schedule it and keep it. And really, that's it. I have never looked back. Like, I've just kept going.
0: I think that was a really interesting point about the oxygen mask, about, you know, when you're on the plane, you have to take care of yourself first before you take care of anybody else. And I think that's a really strong analogy that people could use. It's like, how are you going to keep up with your kids? How are you going to keep up with this this crazy life if you are not taking care of yourself? So
2: you don't feel good and you're cranky. And I mean, seriously. Yeah.
0: And then talking about finding that time, because, you know, 5 a.m., not an ideal time for many people, but it was the time you could make for yourself. And the more you did it, the more it became a natural part of your life. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So as you continued to find your way back to an active lifestyle, you started participating in long distance racing and mud runs and triathlons. What drew you to those types of races, considering that younger you would think you're crazy for doing it?
2: The sense of accomplishment. I mean, I, as I started running, I remember just first, barely being able to run three miles. And one day I just went out and I went a little farther and I went, Oh wow, I just went X amount. So I think two things, it was, you know, the challenge. Number one, I liked just signing thing signing up for specific goal. So I was training for something specifically. And then the challenge of it all, even though I went into it going, I don't know if I'm going to eat like, seriously, when I signed up to do my first half marathon, I just, when I looked at the whole 13 miles, like, and I thought about running 13 miles, it, it seemed really overwhelming, but I broke it down and I chunked it down into little doable chunks and having that goal, that specific goal that had nothing to do with pant size or weight or any of that is really what got me up in the morning. Cause so I thought, well, I've signed up for this thing. I got to do it. And that is what got me. And then that sense of accomplishment that like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that,
0: (laughs) you know, I so connect to your story because that is what drives me in fitness as well, you know, through the, the Spartan races and obstacle races that I do. Yeah. uh, And especially as an older athlete, as someone I'm in my forties, but, but having that, that external thing to train for that event to Mm -hmm. train for that when you sign up for it is definitely Like you look at it and it's like, this is beyond my current means. And yet, you know that with time and with training, you can get there. But because when you sign up for it, it's beyond your current means. When you're able to do it, it makes that level, that sense of accomplishment just so much bigger and so much more powerful and so much more motivating to then do the next thing. And like you said, it's not about pant size. It's not about how you look in the mirror. That's all gravy you know, on top of the really awesome feeling you get when you complete these events. And so to me, I have found that that is, that is the magic of fitness motivation. Like that is, that is the magic in helping people, helping other people find a way to make fitness a positive experience and, and working out something that they actually get excited about doing because Uh of that thing you're working towards that's beyond your means, but the thing that you will eventually conquer. Right. So let's move on to what happened at age 49. You completed your first figure competition, which you happened to also win. How did you find your way to becoming a figure competitor and why did it appeal to you?
2: Well, it's really funny because I'm built more like a competitor than I am a runner. (laughs) Okay. So uh, and I never wanted to do, a, I never wanted to compete. I just like, my goal was like, I want to get my half marathon under two hours, but I'm not built that way. And so finally one day I was on Facebook and a friend of mine did a flex Friday and I did one back just for fun. And another friend of mine who has helped and coached competitors, he's like, why aren't you competing? I'm like, because I don't want it. I don't want to get up in a bikini in front of people on a stage. Like I don't even like to wear a bikini on the beach. <laughs> like, <that's laughs> not wild. That wasn't, and I'm not one that likes to strut around, not especially not in heels. Um, and then I just had just a few people like, well, you should just, tr- just try it just. And I thought, okay, everybody's, everybody's encouraging me to try. It was out of my comfort zone and I'm somebody that now I didn't used to be this way, but now I do things that push me out of my comfort zone because I've learned that if I do that, it's just you grow a ton. And I didn't know at the time that, I mean, the, the opportunities that doing that has brought to me. But anyways, I just decided I went into it with the same idea that I did with everything else. I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to train for this and I'm going to just see if I can transform my body to where I could even get up on a stage. You know what I mean? I just wanted, I kind of wanted to see the transformation more than I wanted to be on the stage. And, and then by the time you put all that hard work into it, the show day comes like you have to get up there. And I, that was the part that I was really the most uncomfortable with. But, um, and I was honestly completely shocked that I won. I had like, I didn't go into it. I wanted to just do my best. Right. So and it was it was one of the most, gosh, nerve-wracking experiences ever because I was so nervous up there. But at the end of the day, it was probably one of the most rewarding and it really taught me more about myself and that I'm capable of a lot more than I think. And that's it, really. That's how I got to the stage. And I did uh, another three competitions in 2015. I was going to do another one in 2014 and I ended up having some issues with my just some health in my stomach and I had to pull out 3 weeks before. So I was bummed. And then I thought maybe this isn't for me. And then in 2015 um I came back and I did three and it just it, it evolved. I met I was only going to do one in 2015 and I ended up doing three and went to the Natural Olympia, got my pro card and competed in the Natural Olympia and came in second in masters. And I plan on doing another competition just because <laughs> you do I, I do. Uh, this year has been crazy. And not because I want to be like, you know, I don't want to make a career out of it, but it's more that along the lines of just wanting to do it again, something that I'm working towards a, a personal challenge. And I've learned to be feel good in my own skin and accept the fact that I'm not built to run like the Boston Marathon. I'm built to run for fun, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I've learned to to go with what, like what my own personal physical gifts are. So to speak, some people just, you know, not to say that you can't develop skills, but I just know that, um, yeah, I've got one, I've got another competition because I also have a reason for competing. I've just found something, um, that I kind of want to just a different method that I want to also try. Do you want to elaborate? I found a way that um, has really helped me hone in on just uh, the the nutrition side of things. And I want to kind of experiment with, with how I do things now versus how I did things before and just see how I turn out just from that transformation and yeah, a different approach
0: to your nutrition might yield different results. And you're curious to see what happens with that.
2: And, and I would like to heck, and I'll tell you what, I'd like to get up and compete and get first this time. (laughs) Well,
0: and there's that you've got that brass ring that you haven't quite reached at the, at the pro level. So do you really want to leave that, that award sitting on the table?
2: I know I got to try. And it's always, I'm always, you know, if I do my best, then I'm happy. It's I compete against myself, but, um, but I'd like to do that for sure.
0: I think it's interesting that in your first competition, your whole goal was just to do your best. You weren't trying to win it and right. your goal was just to do your best and you did win it. And I think that's, that could actually be some interesting kind of mindset advice for people who yes. do get out and have competitive personalities and they, you know, they, they have an eye on that podium or eye on that award, but it's like. Maybe you focus on your own performance Mm -hmm. and how and and make sure that you're doing the best that absolutely that you can, as opposed to watching what other people are doing out there and comparing yourself to other people. So that actually worked out very well for you and it could work out well for others. Yeah. So let's take a look back at the entirety of your athletic career your later in life athletic career can you take us back to your worst hardest or most difficult moment in your competitive journey thus far
2: yeah well if we're talking about the competition I would have to say that of all the things that I've done and challenged myself physically at my age I would think I I would say that prepping for the figure competition was the most challenging difficult and there were times I wanted to quit like I said to my husband if I if This was at my first, like the first time around. If I even talk about doing this again, tell me no. (laughs) Talk me out of it. Tell me no. Like slap me. And, um, and part of it though was just learning what works and what doesn't work with my own body because my first coach was incredible. He was amazing. Like as far as a coach goes, but the particular nutrition plan he had me on wasn't quite the best for my body. And at the end of the day, my health is more important and a lot of I think some people don't realize that competing or anything extreme um to start with isn't always healthy, quote unquote. Right. So um there are different methods and things as far as uh how how, how someone could uh from a competitor standpoint manipulate their body and get get to the low body fat I needed to. And I realized that the first coach that I had, his plan Although it's helped others, it, it was just not for me physically from a health perspective. And then I found somebody the next time around that really um, got me and 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 had me on a plan that wasn't as wasn't quite as bad as far as just some of the side effects I experienced the first time, just from the diet and the yeah yeah. But so yeah, I would say that was the hardest is. Um, not knowing going in how thinking okay this is going to be hard but i had no clue actually really how hard it was going to be it was harder than training for a marathon honestly
0: it's a whole different animal correct Amazing. because it's really it has so much to do with again you mentioned the low body fat you have to get your body fat down oh. to a pretty yeah. pretty low place and so that has a lot to do with eating yep. and nutrition and cutting and you know really really being strict about what you put in your body. Um, whereas training for, for a half marathon nutrition's involved, but a lot of it's the the workouts and the training and the the getting the running. And so it definitely requires a, an extremely high level of discipline based on my understanding. Yeah. So what is the most important thing you learned coming out of that?
2: Well, coming out of that, number one, I think I learned that it, definitely looks are deceiving. So you look at pictures in magazines of these fitness models and you think, oh my gosh, you know, they just go around looking like that all the time. Well, no, they don't. (laughs) They go through some pretty extreme things that they're doing with their diet. Now, of course, if they're younger, then maybe it's not quite as hard, but I was, you know, 49 at the time. But what I learned really more than anything was just a lot more about how it can also play with your head mentally. So, you know, as an athlete, so much of it is mindset, right? And um, I think that's the one thing I really kind of didn't understand going in was just coming out how it was going to be kind of hard just to get back into my normal type of eating and and, um, routine. And I learned right off the bat that, you know, I, I just I had to go back to what I was always telling my clients is just, you know, you you have to eat for health. Don't worry about, you know, your size or the number on the scale and that kind of thing. And it kind of brought back some old stuff that I dealt with years ago that had to do with just, um, my relationship with food. So, um, I think it it taught me a lot about me and just where I was at from a nutrition standpoint. And it also taught me that I could do it. Yeah. (laughs) I think that was a biggie. Like just the fact that I could stick to it and be as disciplined as I was. And trust me, like I went to a wedding with my husband, we went to a wedding and they were serving cake, of course. And I had a window of time that I was allowed to have a treat meal. And I called it a treat meal because I earned it and they didn't serve the cake in time and the window closed. And my husband just have a piece. It's not going to kill you. I'm like, no, I can't. The window's closed. And if I, for some reason, don't look like I need to, then I'm going to be mad at myself. So It taught me that I had a lot more discipline than I really realized too. So, and that translates over into anything you do in life, you know, discipline, learning, discipline is important.
0: And it's really interesting that on, it kind of taught you things on both sides about how, how disciplined you could be and really stay strict when you needed to stay strict. But then when it was over, it kind of helped you have a greater understanding and perhaps even a better relationship with food than you had previously. Uh On the other side. Tell us about your most successful or favorite moment in your competitive journey.
2: You know, it's kind of interesting because I I earned the sword and everybody's like, oh my gosh, the sword. So people who have been into bodybuilding for years, like they all like, oh, like, you got the sword. And the sword is when you, when you win, you get a sword. Yeah. Yeah. Like a sword. <laughs> <Huh>. Interesting. Different. <laughs> you do, you get it. You know, and like I said, the, the world of bodybuilding was not what I was accustomed to because in, as a fitness professional and trainer, it's, it's a complete different world than, um, going and prepping for a Spartan or, you know what I mean? It's fitness, fitness and bodybuilding are kind of different animals. But, um, honestly, if you really want to know in in my career, the best thing about it, I want to say is the fact that yes, it was really cool that I won first place and that, um, that I did that. But I think the biggest prize for me is what it's taught me like as a person, and to be, that. Um, just to, uh, never limit yourself, step out of your comfort zone. And I don't care what age somebody is, right? It doesn't matter. Cause trust me, I was going, I'm 49. I've had five kids. One was a C-section. I don't know why you do that. But to be honest, it really, um, I think the biggest reward if, if someone's listening to this is that it just, uh, has taught me to not set limits on myself to not, Think any like like not say just because I'm a certain age, uh, that would be impossible because it's just it's you got to get out of your own head and you've got to go do stuff that that is going to reinforce the fact that um, you have it within you. And I think so for me, it's it's the biggest reward is that it's now helped me be able to go out and maybe just uh, encourage other women you know, that are my age that maybe think that it's too late, that it's never too late. That's where the reward comes in. Like I did these things as a personal challenge and then people like, you know, I I mean, everybody's going to go into something with a different reason why. Um, and I think that's been the biggest reward to be honest. And what I've learned is that, um, Yeah. Yeah. You're just never, it's never too late. So no matter what it is you want to do.
0: And like we talked about earlier on, it's easy to look at something and think it's beyond what you can do. And there's a million things out there that are beyond what we can currently do, but we have an amazing capacity to learn and to train and to get there. And you proved it by doing this at age 49, after having five kids, one of them being a C-section, getting into figure competitions, which is probably, you know, the most, one of the most Exposing things that you can do in the (laughs) fitness world. And so that's proof right there that nothing is beyond your means if you just work towards it, if you commit to it. And so the for everyone listening, there is something out there that maybe you have your eye on, maybe you've thought about, but maybe you've actually told yourself the lie that it's something you can't do. And and Darla and I are both here to tell you that you can.
2: And, and it goes beyond the physical rewards, I think, because again, I think what's huge is that, yeah, you know, through the process, physically we get in better shape, right? But I think to be able to shift over into a mindset of I can instead of I can't is huge. And then each event became a building block. I, I, ca- I kind of recalled back in my mind when I was training for the marathon, how I would chunk it out into just little chunks of like, hey, I know I can run five miles. So for my first 10 miles, I just have to run five miles out and five miles back. So I would chunk it out. And then that became what I, the the technique I used for my competition. Hey, I only have, you know, this chunk of time that I have to look at. So it all builds on each, each thing builds on the next too, I think.
0: Yeah. I've totally done that with my running as well. The five miles out and then we come back. You're like, well, I know I can run five miles. I know. So that's, it's no problem. So yeah, and the mindset of I can like that just opens doors. If you can just switch from the mindset of I can't to the mindset of I can, that opens all sorts of doors to all sorts of possibilities in your life. So let's talk about your book. You just released your first book. Congratulations!
2: Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.
0: It's called "Build Your Best Body, Build Your Best Life."
2: Yeah. And uh, tell me what this book is about and who is it for. I started out writing it just kind of for my daughters, to be honest. Um, you know, I just want them to never set limits on themselves. And I also kind of wrote it because it's, again, one of those things I had kind of, I had said for a long time, I really want to do this. I want to do this. And I kept thinking of excuses why I, you know, couldn't. And I was a little bit afraid, like of sharing, of sharing my own story because I go into some personal things. I went through some things when I was younger that, you know that were devastating, but I turned it around and I realized, Hey, you know, I have a story to share and maybe somebody could be helped by it. And then through, through my own journey back into better physical health, I did, I just discovered that in the process of building your best body, what's more important as you build your best life. And that's why I wanted to put it into a book just to inspire people to inspire people, to start their own journey. I do have tips in there on what I've learned over the last 10 years And I go into my five pillars of success as far as when it comes to, you know, setting out on your own journey and how to be successful with your fitness journey, health and fitness. And so I I give tips and there's some some of my favorite workouts are in there. And really, it's a quick read. Basically, that's it. I just kind of wanted to inspire people. And it's it's another thing that I just had to jump in and do it. It comes from the mindset of I can. Yeah. And where can people go to purchase your book? Uh, Amazon. It's on Amazon. Yeah. How does that
0: feel? You have a book on Amazon.
2: I know. It's, it's very surreal. It's really kind of crazy. And, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, if it if it helps somebody on their journey, then that's kind of why I wrote it. Just kind of a, a passion project, yes. so to speak. And, and a passion
0: project designed to help people. I understand that with this here Seasoned Athlete podcast. Mm-hmm. So you went from entrepreneur and busy mom of five to marathon runner, triathlete, and eventually pro figure competitor. What advice would you give to other moms who may feel overwhelmed with family responsibilities and career responsibilities to help them make health and fitness a priority like you did, and maybe even find their athletic side?
2: I would tell them to just find a little bit of time in their day and they don't have to start like, you can't go from the couch to the marathon, You know what I mean? You just have to look at taking one step every day and really focus on celebrating every little win. And I think that's really key because it's, it's really easy to get caught up in the black and white or the all or nothing kind of mindset. So just celebrate the wins. Don't get hung up. If you don't, you know, if you slip up on whatever, if you miss your workout, don't let that derail you. And I think it's got to be, I tell people just take one step at a time every day, little changes, and then you don't know where that one little step is going to take you and just keep going. That's really the, that's really what I would say, honestly. And yeah, put your own oxygen mask on before you take care of everybody else, because you know, that's the thing we have to be there for our family and our kids and, um, our spouse, our partner, whatever. So, I mean, don't feel guilty about it. I think, especially if someone's listening and they are like a a mom that works, they have kids and they feel guilty, like, oh gosh, I don't, you know, you've got to take time for you. For sure.
0: And your point about celebrating the little wins, I think is a, is a huge one because I think people do get derailed. Sometimes they miss a workout and it's like, "I'm, I'm done, you know, or, or they have a meal that is not quite on whatever plan they're on. And it's like, well, the nutrition's over the diet's over whatever but one missed workout or one treat meal as you call it is not going to derail what you're working on you can you can get right back on that horse so as long as you you don't you don't assign it more worth than it deserves that missed workout don't assign it more worth than it deserves so right. um and yes yeah, celebrate every little win because they are all important so excellent advice darla so if people want to learn more about you where can they find you?
2: Facebook is Total Body Fitness by Darla. And my website is darlaandrews.com. And Instagram is at D Andrews Fitness. Awesome.
0: So everybody go like Darla on Facebook, follow her on Instagram, check out her website. And of course, go to Amazon and get that book, Build Your Best Body, Build Your Best Life. So before we go, Do you have one parting piece of wisdom that you've learned in your competitive and life journey that you'd like to share with our listeners?
2: Yeah. Just never say never and push yourself beyond your limits and beyond what you think you can do. And when you do that, you are going to grow stronger physically and just mentally, period. So you're going to develop just a, a better life all the way around.
0: And you'll build your best body and build your best life.
2: So, Darla, thank you so much for being on The Seasoned Athlete. Thank you
0: very much. I just think your journey is so relatable, especially to busy or overwhelmed moms who might be listening today. Um, The fact that you are a later in life athlete and with five daughters went out and really pushed and challenged yourself. And it just shows that it's never too late uh, to try something challenging, to do something that is beyond your means currently, but can be achieved. So that mindset of I can is really huge. And I'm glad you shared that with us today. And everybody go right now to Amazon and get Darla's book, Build Your Best Body, Build Your Best Life. Thanks so much. All right, seasoned athletes. Before we go, here are my top three takeaways from Darla Andrews. Number one, adopt the mindset of I can rather than I can't. If you approach life with an I can't mindset, you'll miss out on so many opportunities. But if you take on an I can mindset, you can commit to learning the things you don't already know and create the ability to push past your previously perceived barriers. Open yourself up to new challenges and proudly proclaim that I can. Number two, push yourself beyond what you think you can do. This is the next step after taking on the I can mindset. Some of the greatest rewards in life come from discovering what you are truly capable of and pushing beyond what you think you can do. And number three, put your own oxygen mask on before taking care of anyone else. You would never question this on an airplane and yet so many of us take care of everyone else in our lives before taking care of ourselves. Or sometimes we don't even take care of ourselves at all. But if you don't put on your own oxygen mask first, you can't help anyone else. So make sure that you're getting what you need when it comes to your health, your fitness, and your well being so that you're able to best assist the others in your life for the long term. Thank you again to Darla Andrews you can pick up her new book, Build Your Best Body, Build Your Best Life on Amazon. Thank you for listening to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. The music you heard on this episode is from bensound.com. All right, friends, I have a really big favor to ask. I need your help to get the word out about Seasoned Athlete. How can you do that? It's really easy. Just share. Share it with your friends, your family, your network, or anyone you think might benefit from the stories told by the incredible athletes featured on this show. Send out an email, share on social media, or sing our praises from the mountaintops. The more you talk about seasoned athlete, the more people we can reach, inspire, and motivate through this show. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for your help. And while you're at it, follow us on social, Seasoned Athlete Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And hey, do you know someone who would make a great guest on this show? Shoot us an email, seasonedathlete at gmail.com and tell us all about them. Or if it's you, tell us all about yourself. Now go out there and embrace your extraordinary, my fellow seasoned athletes, because you know what? You so can.